1: Our first scripture reading this morning is from the Common English Bible, Isaiah 40, 1-11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak compassionately to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her compulsory service has ended, that her penalty has been paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is crying out, clear the Lord's way in the desert." Make a level highway in the wilderness for our God. Every valley will be raised up, and every mountain and hill will be flattened, and even ground will become level and rough terrain, a valley plain. The Lord's glory will appear, and all humanity will see it together. The Lord's mouth has commanded it. A voice was saying, call out, and another said, what should I call out? All flesh is grass. All its loyalty is like the flowers of the field. The grass dries up and the flower withers when the Lord's breath blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass dries up, the flower withers, but our God's word will exist forever. Go up on a high mountain, messenger Zion. Raise your voice and shout, messenger Jerusalem. Raise it, don't be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Here is the Lord God coming with strength, with a triumphant arm, bringing his reward with him and his payment before him. Like a shepherd, God will tend the flock. He will gather lambs in his arms and lift them onto his lap. He will gently guide the nursing ewes. Our second reading is from Mark 1:1 one 1-8. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, God's Son, happened just as it was written about in the prophecy of Isaiah. Look, I am sending my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. A voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his paths straight. John the Baptist was in the wilderness, calling for people to be baptized, to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He announced, one stronger than I is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Word of God God, for the people of God. God.
0: Thanks be to God. Thank you for reading both texts for us this morning, Jeannie. So last Saturday evening, I had the privilege to go across the street and be part of the holiday gala for the Dream Project. This is a local nonprofit that started around a kitchen table here in Arlington in 2010. At that table, parents, educators, and students gathered with one challenge on their mind. How to access higher education for students whose immigration status creates a barrier. In that year, Congress had failed to pass the DREAM Act, which would have ensured access to higher education for students with undocumented status. And beyond that, the cost of college seemed insurmountable to so many of them. But undeterred, one mother spoke up and said, well, I can cook. And with that, they rolled up their sleeves and they got busy. They infused their sultanas with traditional flavors and a hope for the future. And they launched the first Dream Project fundraiser. In the time since, they have grown from offering four scholarships that first year to now offering a hundred scholarships every year. In total, over the last decade, they have given away $1.4 million in scholarships. Throughout the evening, we heard testimony, some from current scholars, some from alumni who are now graduated and able to work. Earlier this year, I had the privilege to be part of an interview panel for this group for the students who are now in school this fall. In all of the stories from the applicants and from the alumni that I heard, there were different variations on a theme of the people who helped prepare the way for those students to come to the U.S., One student shared that it was his father who immigrated here a decade before when the student was just two years old. He hadn't seen his father at all during that time. For another, it was an aunt who gave a safe place for a student to live in the U.S. while her parents remained in her home country under the threat of violence due to war. She was able to come and to find a safe place away from the fighting. There were so many who sacrificed for those students to come here and be the first generation in their family to graduate from college. Those older generations had a dream for their children and their grandchildren, that they would find freedom from violence and oppression, that they could escape that by coming here. Our scriptures this morning take us back in time and around the world to a place where parents and grandparents had the same dream— For their children to find freedom from oppression and peace from war. Our first scripture text that the genie read for us from the prophet Isaiah was written about 600 years before the birth of Christ. This prophet was speaking to the Jewish people who were in exile in Babylon. They were refugees of war. Their city of Jerusalem had been devastated, and the temple, that place where they oriented their lives of faith, that temple where God was in the world, the temple had been destroyed. So it was desperate times for their lives and for their faith. And in the wilderness of that captivity, the prophet Isaiah delivered news of comfort, forgiveness, and hope. He proclaimed with the words, every valley will be raised up. And every mountain and hill will be flattened. Uneven ground will become level and rough terrain, a valley plain. The Lord's glory will appear and all humanity will see it together. After he has proclaimed these words of hope and comfort, Isaiah then says, while we are in this wilderness, prepare a way for the Lord. He's telling the people that even though they are in a wilderness, a time of confusion and oppression, they can have meaning and purpose to that time. There can be meaning and purpose to their exile, meaning and purpose to their suffering. And then we fast forward 600 years to the time where we heard Jeannie read from the Gospel of Mark. In this time, it was also historically and politically a hopeless situation for the Jewish people. They were living under the oppressive restrictions of the Roman Empire. Many lived in poverty, their freedom challenged, and their religious practices often prohibited. And out of that context of hopelessness, another prophet, much like those of old, was brought forth from the wilderness again. He looked like Elijah. And he talked like Isaiah. And the message that he delivered was so much like what had been said centuries before. He cried out, prepare the way of the Lord. Having delivered these words of hope and comfort, we know that the people there responded. They responded to this word from John the Baptist. Now he didn't stand on a soapbox in the public square. He did not make himself obvious in the halls of power. He instead was in the wilderness. People had to go into the wilderness to hear what he had to say. But despite the distance and despite the danger and despite the challenge, people were drawn to his message. They were drawn to his message of freedom, drawn to his message of forgiveness. And so they gathered along the shoreline, those travelers who had come to see John, who had wondered, was this Elijah? Who had wondered, was this the Messiah? They had come to hear his words of hope. They stood by the river with the people who had just been baptized and some got in line for them to be baptized as well. Now in that time, they were waiting for a Messiah to come, a mighty Savior, but they didn't know exactly when this person was going to come. And so John made it clear that his message was to prepare the way for the Messiah. In verse 8, he said, I baptize you with water, but the one who is to come, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John was offering a rite of cleansing, a symbol of a new beginning. But this was merely preparation for what was to come. He was not the one to offer the fullness of life with God. The one who would come was on his way. Isaiah told everyone that a messenger would come to prepare the way, and here John is in the wilderness, the messenger pointing to Jesus on his way. John's job was to tell everyone how to get ready. John's message was twofold. The first was the announcement that the time was close at hand when the Messiah would come, so prepare the way. The second, was the instruction on how to prepare. In order to make yourself ready, people needed to repent of their sins. We don't often talk about repent. We talk about offering an apology, about being contrite when we've done something wrong. But I love this word repent, because if we go back to the roots, what it literally means is to turn around. If you are facing in this direction, and this direction is leading you into addiction, into sin, into death, then you turn from that path into the path that leads to life. You repent by turning around. If you are facing in a way that is leading to destruction, John says there is an opportunity to turn from that and to find healing and hope so that your life will be different. John is proclaiming this opportunity to prepare people to be ready for the fullness of God coming in the form of Jesus Christ. This repentance is a step toward renewing a right spirit, not only with God, but also with other people. God's coming into this world is part of the reconciliation of God to all peoples on earth and also people to other people. The only way that we will all know peace is if we are able to repent, to turn from violence, to turn from greed, to turn from ego, and turn toward life abundant. There was an urgency to John's message. Jesus came in that time regardless of whether the people were going to be ready or not. In the same way, Jesus comes to us again and again and again. At Christmas, we remember how he came in the form of a vulnerable child. At Easter, we remember how he came in the form of a sacrificial lamb. Throughout the rest of the year, as we hear the stories of Jesus, we hear how he came in the form of a teacher, a preacher, one who proclaimed that the kingdom of God was at hand. We are to prepare our hearts to receive Jesus every single day. One of the ways that we prepare for Jesus to come into our lives is through the work of worship, the things that we say and we do in this hour together as we worship God. Today, we lit the candle of peace on our Advent wreath. This weekend, due to the reality of war in our world, there are churches in Bethlehem unable to light their candle of peace. So we light ours today, trusting that God's peace will prevail one day. In the face of war between nations, we may not feel equipped to help prepare the way for the Prince of Peace to come, but we can begin by seeking peace in our own lives. When we open our hearts to humble hopes, to make amends for the sins that we've committed against others, we prepare the way for peace in our lives. And if people can be reconciled to one another, they can be reconciled to God. So on this second Sunday of Advent, let us each consider the path where our hearts are headed. Is there something we need to turn from? Is there a hurt or a habit or a hang-up that we need to release and turn away from, to repent from, so that we can walk the path of life with Jesus? Are there rough places that need to be made plain? Are there mountains that need to be let go? Are there valleys that need to be filled? What is it that you need to do to be ready to receive the words of hope and grace and peace that come to us in the Christmas season? The good news today is that John the Baptist reminds us that it is never too late to clear the path. Repent. Turn away from those obstacles that block your path to the fullness of God's life in your life. Because God's good news is coming in the form of that babe born in Bethlehem, bringing hope for the world, peace for our hearts, joy for all, and love for each and every human. Thanks be to God for this good news. Amen.